Anna, Anne loves you with all of her heart. Don't let her go. Don't let her go. Bring her home. Bring her home to us. We will welcome her with open arms. We will welcome her with all the love in the world. All the love in the world. She's a dream come true, and God has placed her there for you. That's what love stories are made out of. Someone that is so madly in love with you. You gotta stop doing this. Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the finale part one, which means we're also going to be talking to you tomorrow about the finale part two, the most dramatic season that ever was, Peter Weber. And here with me today to discuss the first part of the episode is Anna Tobin, local comedian, hilarious lady. Anna, welcome to the pod. Thank you, Hannah W. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Um, Okay, my first question for you, just as a temperature test here. Do you think Peter's mom should have kept her opinions to herself? So that was a lot to take in. And, you know, I feel, I'll just say with my own friends, close friends, like you feel like you have a little bit of an obligation, right, to like say something if you're, yeah. if you're not into their partner. But this was, but this was extreme. Yeah. I think maybe, she, you know, in my opinion, maybe she went a little too far. Yeah, and I feel like with my friends, I don't usually have someone saying, look, I have two boyfriends, two girlfriends. Could you help me choose? (laughs) And she was so, I mean, she was stark about it, right? Hannah Ann was an angel. Is that right? Yeah, an angel on earth. An angel on earth. I'm just like, with with all the, okay, first of all, the Weber family absolutely dominated the episode. They stole the show. That's like the most memorable thing about the episode was watching all of them just say their absolute truth. Which is like a big phrase they keep using anyway, is like, this is my truth. Right. This is our truth. This is her truth. Um, they spent the whole time like telling him who he was. Well, he said, this is who I actually am. It was very intense. It was super intense. And kind of, you know, ganging up three on one. Yeah. Plus, have they seen him? Have they been in contact with him? I was wondering this as I was watching. He like goes away for two months and then. Well, they saw. OK, so they see him in the first not the first episode, but the second episode, or no, maybe the first one with his one-on-one. Yeah, his first one-on-one was actually in the first episode, which is kind of unusual. We usually oh. don't see that until the second episode. And that was Madison, and she went to their uh, re- like vow renewal ceremony. Oh, right. They referenced that. So the yeah. parents had a vow renewal ceremony. Yeah, so the parents had a vow renewal, and Madison was the date. That's a big deal. It was a big deal. And they, they seemed to have liked her from that. They talked about liking her from there. And so that was the last time they saw him. But he has checked in with them a couple other times throughout the season. So this is just the first they've heard about, like, the two final women, I think. Sure, sure. But also, Peter lives at home up until this point. Peter the pilot lives at home? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So he, like, before he was on Hannah B's season, he lived with his parents in L.A. So was he an actual pilot or did yeah, he he's like have a, his pilot license? No, he's like an actual Delta pilot. And oh, then he wow. comes home and like, lives with his parents. I guess that makes sense if you're traveling all the time. Does it? <laughs> in a skeptical. I don't know. I mean, sure. Yes. He's in his 20s. Live with your parents if you don't have, like, a stable relationship and you want to save money. 
maybe you're traveling like a bunch because I don't know if a new pilot does not have a lot of choice. So they're, they're like on the road all the time, on the road, on the air all the time. <laughs> but like living with your parents in, in LA and trying to like live the party life. I don't know. It just has like a different, it paints a different picture of Peter than I have seen painted through the show. Yeah. And it, you know, we heard from the mom, Barb, that, you know, he goes to line dancing a lot. I'm just trying to picture that. He comes back from a long flight and then he goes out line dancing. Yeah. Well, Is there so a big line dancing scene in LA? Oh, okay. On Victoria P's one-on-one way back, he took her to a line dancing bar. And it was like, why, I, at the time I thought, like, why are they trying to make him look like he's like some country boy? But I guess this is something he does because his brother and his mom referenced it. Wow. Because his brother was like, you, you fly home, you go straight to the line dancing bar, you party, Peter, you party. They were kind of obsessed with the fact that he parties. And that was such a big hurdle compared to Madison who does or Maddie, not, who does not party. Not party. She does not party She will all. not party. I have a question about Maddie. Does she, is like the sparkling wine thing a joke? What, what sparkling wine thing? Oh, when they were like in the outback and he like poured her some sparkling apple juice and she like chuckled. Oh, because she doesn't drink. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So that really is showing they her have lack a different of party. Life. They have yeah. a different lifestyle. She's not a party. He didn't whip out the champagne. No. No, because she doesn't drink. When he went to her hometown, they had served sweet tea around oh, the table. Wow. And okay. it, they really made sure to emphasize that he knew it was sweet tea. Like, no, we can tell. It looks like flat Coke. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> obvious that this is not like some wine unless it's aged wrong. <laughs> now it's brown. Okay, well, we'll get to Peter's family in a minute because it starts off, the whole thing starts off with them, like Peter kind of like wandering around Australia and then he gets to see his family first, like before they meet either of the women. Before we jump in about that, can I just yeah. make a comment of his Please. comparison of Australian Outback to falling in love? Yes. Oh, he yeah. Said it reminds <laughs> me of falling in love with someone. At some point, it's scary and also full of the unknown. Right. That's a pretty deep thought. <laughs> it's pretty deep. I appreciated it. Um, yeah. So they're in the Outback. Peter compares like falling in love to the Outback, which is something that producers always ask the lead to do. He just did it so poorly. Yeah. And, like, he really hasn't been good at that the entire season. He's always like, well, in Peru, it's like, you know, there's so much. It's hot, and there's sort of statues, and it's kind of the perfect place to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> in the Outback, it's like you could die at any minute, and you could, you're miles from any help. It's sort of like falling in love. <laughs> right. Because I think for Peter, that is how he likes to fall in love. He wants it to be so difficult. He wants to be scared. Yeah, he wants to life. be scared. He wants, to, he wants both of them to be crying. Right. And both of them to be like, I th I'm not sure if I love you, but you're my only way out. Yeah. So cling to me. He also said, these two women have touched me forever. Except for Madison. <laughs> so I was telling Hannah before we started this podcast that I only watched this one episode. And I've only ever seen glimpse of The Bachelor or Bachelorette before. And just the entire time I felt so awkward. I felt so awkward. Like I almost couldn't, like I wanted to look away, but I couldn't look away. Oh yeah, well welcome to watching reality TV, Anna Tobin. That's I guess how so. it is. I need, to, I need to get more with it, I guess. There is so but, much like, cringeworthy content. It just, it was so, it was so disturbing to me. Well, what also was like kind of cringeworthy on this season or on this episode was like the amount of candid conversation he was having with his family regarding sex was super intense. Right. And that, I, I feel like that's great that they're, sex positive but at some point I was like 
is this too much? Like, when is it too much? Having a conversation with your parents about your sex life and whether or not you chose to, and then share that with another person. Yeah. Just seems. It seems weird to be like, well, when did you first boink? Are you going to boink? How come you're not going to boink? What's wrong with you? They didn't ask Hannah Ann. That's right. They didn't. No. Did they assume? Well, I think he made it clear that he had been intimate with Hannah Ann. But, but we don't like, necessarily know what that means. Well, also, like, if they're so invested in whether or not he had sex with Maddie, aren't they also curious, like, how was the sex with Hannah Ann? <laughs> you mean the family curious about well, that? Well, yeah. I mean, they were, like, really digging in with Maddie. It seems like they they should have asked some questions about his relationship with Hannah Ann, too. What would your reaction be if, you're, if your family went there? If my you? family was like, what's the sex like? Yeah. I would not be surprised for my mom to say that. If my dad said it, I would I would like melt into a puddle and like fall down the drain, the nearest drain, and I would be gone forever like Alex Mack. <laughs> if my brother said it, no, 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 no. I don't think so. But mm. my mom, would she, she would totally do that. She has totally done that before and would do it again. Okay, so we see him meet his family, and the first thing that everybody does when they see him is call him Bud. Yeah, I noticed that too. It was his, just everybody called him Bud. His mom was like, Bud! Bud, Bud, as soon as he came into the room. So bro- his brother, I think his brother also called Everyone him Bud. Everyone calls him Bud, and he didn't call anybody Bud back. Nobody else was called Bud, so that must be his nickname in particular. Right. It's such a vague nickname for a boy named Peter. Hey, Bud. Hey, Bud. Tell us about these two ladies. And also, it just felt weird to hear a mom call a son Bud. That felt like too almost impersonal. I mean, it's kind of like how my family used to call me Annie Bobani. <laughs> and now they don't. And now they don't. Because you're an adult. Right. Uh-huh. Like, hey, bud. Hey, little bud. Want to say please and thank you? <laughs> I, so I could see it because Peter's brother is younger than him. So he was the first. And maybe when he was little, they just were like, my little bud. Hey, bud. Come on, bud. Right. Right. And it just stuck for, forever. For he eternity. Didn't grow out of it. How old is he? 28. Got it. Still called bud. So can we just quickly comment on that? Everybody felt young to me. I well, mean, they are young. I mean, Madison Hannah Ann and Madison. And, yeah, they're both. Uh, Madison's twenty four, and Hannah Ann is twenty three. They are super, super young. But you know, I made the comment last night when we were watching. Like, I was twenty three when I met my husband, and he was twenty eight. So, like, I don't particularly feel like that is too far apart in terms of age, like five years. And generally, I think women tend to be a little bit more like put together by the time they're twenty three. But we didn't get married for like six years. So by the time we got married, I was 28 years old myself. So I don't know. Right. I just can't. I mean, I know, obviously, it worked out for you. But I just can't, like myself in my early yeah. 20s. Oh, yeah. I mean, Just like unbelievably different than what I am now. No, exactly. If my, definitely. I was like coming home, just wasted, talking to a wall. You know, that was not like a cute version of me. I was like, maybe, maybe if Hannah Ann is the party, I was also Hannah W. I was the party. You were the party too. Yeah. And now I'm more like Madison. I don't really drink and I like to go to bed early, but it's because I'm 33, not because I'm religious. I have important distinction. Yeah. Big, important distinction there. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. They, it's like, it does, it makes sense to me that people can meet that young. Like people meet when they're younger than that and then they stay together. But if, my husband had asked me to get engaged at 23. I would have been like, no, this is, right. that's too soon. I have like a little bit of life to lead before I can figure out if this is the, the end all be all of my relationships. Not only that, but like a quick engagement. 
Yeah, quick engagement. You're always so nervous about people when they're young and they get engaged quickly, right? Yeah. Also, like, in their 20s, I feel like a lot of people will move. You know, they'll make, like, big career choices or life changes, like, in your 20s that you don't as often make in your 30s and 40s. <clears throat> so, like, the likelihood that maybe they'll have different desires, like, maybe one of they won't want to live in L.A. How do you know that they're going to grow together right. instead and not of just grow, grow apart. apart? Exactly. That's exactly right. Barb was really... She repeated this a couple times, didn't she, about how, like, she didn't want anybody to change, bud. Don't, don't change don't my change, bud. Don't change my bud. I like my bud the way he is. I thought that was, like, a really bad, uh, that was, like, a reflection of the fact that he needs to move out of his parents' house. Because, like, all right, when you grow up in your parents' house, in your same community, like, with your high school friends, they all have one kind of perception of who you are. And then as you grow and you age, you start to, like, see yourself in a different way and you create the person that you want to be and you start to take more ownership of like who you are in the world. And then when you go back with your family, like they still see you the same way. And that's where like most people I feel like find tension with their family. At least that's the case for me. Where it's like I grew up and they, everyone knew these certain things about me. And then when I like left for college and got to go be myself and I came back, they were like, this thing is still true about you. And I was like, nope, it's not because I've recognized it and worked on it. And then you're like, stop saying that's true about me. Right. I feel like that's what was happening here. They're like, you party, Peter. You like to dance, Peter. You, you're my bud. You're a party guy. And he's like, you don't know me. I can be different than that. I want to be different than that. But they were like, no, be who you are. I don't know. I feel like that was a real sticking point because he's been living at home for too long. So I totally get that point. And, you know, it's like when you're home from college and your parents want to know where you're going all the time. And yeah. You're just like, leave me you're alone. Like, oh, my God. I had so much freedom before. I'm an adult. I'm 21. Yeah. Uh, but do you buy that? Do you buy Peter's whole, you know, I truly know Madison more oh, than no. anybody else. And you guys don't understand her. And we're actually very, I want to work through all of this. And these I mean, I think in some regard, she, they, sum, they like really summed it up for him that essentially – She's not the one. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more about her that you don't know because, well, first of all, it's Peter's fault. They don't know that because the, he introduced her as like, this is the woman who gave me the ultimatum. You're going to meet her. Right. He's like, here's Hannah Ann. She doesn't, she's very easy. And then here's Madison. She's been difficult so far. He literally said something along those lines, right? Yes. Like one who's just made this whole process just a dream. And then mm -hmm. the other where there's been all of these challenges. Yes, yes. Yes. But like, which of those relationships is more likely to work out? Neither. Neither. <laughs> but if you were to like put two relationships together and you were like, all right, this one, we've like worked through some stuff and this one we haven't fought yet. Like, who are you going to get engaged to? So, right. I mean, obviously you need to know that you're going to be able to weather the storm together. Sure. Especially if you're going to get married. And but you can like challenge little, each other. I've always been a little bit suspect when people are like, you know, we had to work through so much, yeah. and now we're here. Well, he loves it's to like, fight. You know? But not even just in the context of this, but just generally, right? Like, shouldn't, you know, the point to up to when you get engaged, like, sure, you're going to have to work through stuff. But if it's really that much of a battle, and I'm not engaged and I'm not married, but if it's that much of a battle, I, I don't know. That That is a real red flag to me. Yeah, Like, like shouldn't maybe, it be still kind of honeymoon? Well, like, right, you're on this show. But this is, like, such a weird pressure cooker because, the like, the way that the environment of the show works, they just, like, force you to have these intense moments like so early on in your relationship. Like by date three, you're confessing that you love each other. Is there a difference between I love you and I'm falling in love with you? Mm -hmm. 
I feel like there was like some distinction when yeah. I was watching some of these clips. I was like, I think that, you know, he's trying to split hairs here. Yeah, no, there is a distinction on the Bachelor world. And that, like, I will say this crop, the people who are left, Peter's family included, Peter, Madison, Hannah Ann, they all know the Bachelor world very well. And it's clear to me that they do. Like, they know how this works. They've watched many seasons before. I guess I found out um, Peter's mom was the one who applied him to the show. Really? Yes. So she is pretty aware. And the fact that she mentioned both the fantasy suites and Hannah B and like how hers, and he said, she said last season about Hannah B's season. Like that's some insider baseball right there. Do you think um, Pilot Pete has a thing for Hannah's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Pilot Pete. I'm Hannah too. Hannah W right here. No, thank you. I'm sorry, but. There's no, there was no point in this episode where I found myself attracted to Pilot Pete. Maybe, What's the deal with his scar? Okay, so Peter's scar looks pretty wretched at this point because now it's been like, I don't know, six weeks since he got injured. And everyone keeps talking about it because I think they did kind of a botched job. On of sewing him up? It kind of looks like it. Like at first I was really defending the doctors of Costa Rica. Like, you know, give Costa Rica a chance. Like they've got good stuff. But it does look pretty messy. And I wonder if it's because he hasn't slept enough for it to heal. Right. And he's just been like, every time he gets a chance to heal, he like is rubbing his face on a different person. And, and you like know all their makeup is like getting in there. Right. And you know what stress does to the body? What? It just makes it really, really, really difficult. Yeah. To move on. So his stress is like oozing out of his scar. That's right. And it's like bulging at the top. It looks bad. I think it's going to heal poorly. Yeah, he probably will have a real scar, huh? Yeah, in the end, I think he will have a real scar. Just a physical mark of the Bachelor experience. Yeah. <laughs> this is what On left. him forever. Yeah. He doesn't need a tattoo. I feel like it is, uh, his injury is so, it has really defined the season because it's like he's walking into his future. And before he can get there, he accidentally runs face first into one side of his future and then rebounds and smashes his face into, into a the glass. other side. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think uh, Hannah Ann is the glass. Mm, okay. And Madison is the golf cart. So he hits the He's going the golf so cart. hard for the golf cart that he, he smashes his head into it and then accidentally ends up with the glass in his face. So, like... He didn't want the glass in the first place. It was just there. Right. It was just there, and then he bounced off the golf cart, and now he's got the glass. The collateral consequence of... Yeah. Of... The injury of the golf right. cart. Right, like he was going for Maddie, and then she left and pushed him away into Hannah Ann, <laughs> and now he's left with the scar. So now that we have this perfect analogy, I do you believe? I mean, going into this, even just watching, mm -hmm. going into the dates, and like when he's talking with his dad about like he, the dad asks, "Is there a preference between the two? Or are you leaning one way or the other?" And he acts like he's so torn, and he keeps on saying, "I'm torn in two directions." Like he yeah. can't say it enough. I don't believe it. I think no, he has so a thing for obvious. Maddie. I think it's. I think it's, it's so Maddie. obvious that it's Madison, and they kind of. This is something. This is the game. Like Peter is very good at playing the game of the Bachelor, because the producers have a lot of power over him, and they they want the the lead to look like they're torn by the end of this. Oh, he's not torn. He's not torn. And a lot of times it's pretty obvious that they're not torn. That you're like, oh, okay, you really like this person. And then, then they, what they usually do is they edit it in a way where the family looks like they're torn, even though you'll find out later, like, oh, we always knew it was that person. We, you know, he said it was going to be that person. But this, obviously, in this one, they're like, no, she's the wrong one. You're picking the wrong one. He's very defensive of her. And 
they really want him in the end to be with Hannah Ann. And let, let's talk about Hannah Ann's time meeting the family because I feel like from, I don't know how long they actually filmed, but that clip was not long enough for them to be falling in love with her to the depth that they did. Angel sent from above. Angel on earth. Like that. I have the same reaction to the extent that I was just wondering how long did they chat with her? How long are they how long are they there? I don't know. I don't know. Cause it starts and does off, it always follow this protocol of like them talking together yeah, and then yes. the mom talks to the, yeah, to the so girl like or the woman. She talks to both the dad and the mom and then he talks to both the dad and the mom or in his case, his brother. And then like they're together as a whole family. Mm. That's like their time together. But it started off <clears throat> in the funniest way because they're sitting on the couch and Hannah Ann is like kind of gushing incoherently about how proud she is of Peter and how much she loves him. And he's like, there's, it's almost like she's sitting on his lap and he's hugging her from behind. And he did like a weird shoulder kiss. Did you pick up on yes. that? Like when she was talking, he like slipped over and kissed his shoulder. Yes. Her it shoulder, reminded me of like when my brother was 16 and he had his first girlfriend and he, I was like 21 at the time. Um, and he was like, let's go on a double date. So I brought my boyfriend and he brought his girlfriend on like a dinner date. And they sat like that the entire time. And I was like, what is going on it's here? It's not possible to touch each other enough. Yeah, they were like, just had to be on top of each other. But but it, but it, the way that Peter was doing it made it look like it was obligatory. And then he like felt like he needed to. But also he only wanted to because because she was complimenting him so much. Like he loves a good compliment. He likes to feel special. He's like smothering her with his hugs from behind. And there was that moment too when the mom was like, it's like you're like us with the dad. She was comparing like their relationship with yes. her relationship with her husband. Well, and- I think that's partially why like they were so attached to the fact that it was should be Hannah Ann over Madison is because they spend so much time together as a family. I'm, I mean, I feel like the brother lives at home too. I'm not sure, but I feel like he does. And so they spend all this time together at the fam- as a family and they're like, well, who's going to fit into our crew? Yeah. Like Hannah Ann's going to be a better fit for like our hang. Who's going to sit on the couch with the four of us? With all of us together. And watch movies on Friday night. Who's going to party with us? Who's going to go line dancing? Yeah. Who's going to be like talking about sex and thinking that's great? Definitely not Madison. No. Um. So th- his mom did make a good point. She, he was like, well, you know, Hannah Ann is lovely, but Peter falls so hard all the time, and she's super concerned about it, which is like exactly what we've seen so far from Peter, is that he falls in love really, really fast, and he loves to love and just like wants to be in love. I feel like that is what's taking him, like taking his compass and just throwing it all over the place is because he can't, he can't quite figure out how to like be logical in his emotions. He just falls deeply and quickly. He does have that puppy dog aspect to him, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's just this like, give me attention, love me, I want to love you. Yes, love me, but also like cry and make it a little bit hard for me to love you, but easy enough that I can stick around. Right. Hannah did, Hannah Ann did tear up quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. That, is that, uh, is that part, of her, part of her deal? She hasn't been a big crier too much yet. Um, Neither her or Maddie are super big criers or have been up to this point compared to some of the other women who are major criers, like oh, Victoria, wow. who was constantly upset but, like, never actually had tears coming out. She was always just, like, dabbing the inner corner the one of her finger. eye. Yeah, yeah, with her, like, big white manicure. Uh, um, so then she's, like, sitting – Hannah Ann's sitting outside with Peter, and she has, like, either a bug or a tree bud in her hair the entire time. I didn't notice that. We couldn't stop fixating on it. It was, like, all we could see. And she, like, that that was an interesting thing. At that conversation, she says to Peter, like, 
I've never had a connection that I thought had a future. That's sad. That was sad. But maybe it's also because she's 23. Right. And we talked about this before, but she told him that she's never been in love, which makes sense to me at 23. Right. Like, when would you have done that? Right. I think that was the first, like, when I was that age, I was falling in, like, in serious love for the first for time. For the first time. Yeah, exactly. That makes about, that makes sense. Which means that he's he's the first, probably not the last. Sorry, Peter. And she also tells Peter's dad that, that it was love at first sight for her, which I feel like you can't say about The Bachelor because you already knew who it was going to be. Right, it's not, a, it's not a surprise. And then Lesson Love was Love at First Sight when she was watching Hannah B's season. Mm, interesting Which point. is weird. It's weird to feel like you're falling in love with someone through the TV. I felt that way a little bit about you and McGregor when I was young. Oh, really? Well, sure, when you were young. Like, like middle in school. Yeah. yeah, that was my first like fall hard through uh, star. And you're like, someone looking, I didn't you're know watching personally. every movie he's in over and over and over again. Right. Oh, yes. That was Love at First Sight. Yes. The, his dad and Peter have like this conversation about Peter feels like he, nothing is lacking, nothing is missing with Hannah Ann, but it's so clear that like something is missing and he can't put his finger on it. And his dad's like, well, you know, you'll get clarity, you'll get clarity. And then we see Madison and Peter have their big conversation because they haven't talked since Madison like showed up to the rose ceremony last week and was like, I guess I'm here. Yeah, I'll guess. So they sit down to have their like conversation about what's actually gonna take place and if, you know, if they're gonna be together. And I thought they both had some really good points in this conversation, which made it even more clear that, like, maybe they're not actually a good fit. I mean, you're talking about the conversation they had outside the of his prior parents. prior to meeting her parents. His parents, parents' place. Yeah, I mean, I think that the episode just kind of devolved into just this, like, you are not, this is not a good match. It was Like, not. you were just diametrically, like, not on the same page, right? Because right? she had some good points. She was like, well... You know, it felt like you put your needs above mine and that was really hurtful. And like, I'm not going to change who I am for the show or for my partner. Like, I need to be who I am. And I'm these are my convictions. And I felt like I was clear about that. And then you then you were hurtful to me. And then he said, like, this is what we talked about last week. Like, he said, well, of all the people here, you're the only one who has not told me how you feel. How which, you is really a, feel. which is a valid point. It is a totally valid point. And I felt like she actually took that in pretty well. Right. Like, she... She was like, oh, I understand now kind of where you're coming from. And the the main thing that she just like needed to clarify, and I felt like this was for her to make sure that America knows that she's not going back on her values, is like, you see that I'm still fighting, right? Like you see that I'm a fighter and this isn't just me giving in because she decided to stay. Like, didn't you feel like that was her trying to talk to us? Oh, totally. And then it just totally played into her hand well that, he brought up that story about her getting her tooth knocked out. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. No, that was a different conversation. <laughs> no, was that the no, same that conversation? was the same conversation about her she, being a fighter. Yeah, her yeah. being a fighter and that she kept on playing. Yep. Was that it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, she got her tooth knocked out and she just kept playing. I wonder which tooth that is. She doesn't look like she has a dead tooth in her head. She doesn't. I do. You, you do? My front tooth. It doesn't look dead to me. Yeah, so I guess Hannah has a good fake tooth, too. Just like you. <laughs> just like me. When did yeah, you get your tooth knocked out? Oh, I was very young. I don't know. Maybe around Hannah's age when she was playing a, that basketball game. Were you playing a basketball game? I was game? not. I was going down a water slide. Oh, no. Hit the edge of the water slide with my head. What edge? Like, you know, the the, the it bottom? Was, it was not a, it wasn't like a tube. Okay. It was just, it was like a little water slide. yeah. On a raft. 
and I don't know, I got distracted or something, and I leaned into the side, or my <laughs> face hit the side. Yeah, you were like 12, so. So people still have bright futures if they lose teeth. Yeah, you have a great tooth. Thank you. I wouldn't have known it was fake Thank or you. dead. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you which one it is right now. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yep, that's the point. Uh, also during this uh, this conversation, she had a, a, a misused quote. I love this. This has been happening all season. The rug was taken, was her quote. What does he mean? The rug was pulled out from under me? Is that what she's trying I think that's what say? she was trying to say. The rug was taken. The rug was taken. All season long, <laughs> we've seen so many of these like misquotes. The about, rug was taken. The rug was, I felt like the rug was taken. Like I, like I came home and my rug was just gone. <laughs> and I really was like, jarring. what's going to protect my floors? <laughs> just the rug pad left. <laughs> She, oh God, it was so great. At the end, they like they kind of come together and it feels like they're like me meeting some sort of mutual understanding. Did you notice her eyelashes, by the way? No. What? Are they really long or something? Oh my God, they're horrible, Anna. How oh, did you sorry. not notice? Guess, I'm just not very observant. And I missed the bug on Hannah Ann. Yeah, her eyelashes look insane. It's like all we've been talking about in the podcast for like the last four weeks. Well, once again, they looked bad. I feel like she's not even trying anymore, so. I did... You know, maybe I didn't notice the exact eyelashes, but I did. I did come away with just like a wow. That take that's a lot of maintenance for all these young women. Oh yeah, I mean at the like end of this conversation, so, they didn't even kiss because she didn't want to mess up her makeup. She is just they are just so put together, and like the tan probably, and the outfits, and the manicures, and the oh my gosh, I just yeah. it, it looked exhausting to me. Yeah, I was well, exhausted right. For if them. you're gonna be on TV every single day, right. That's a lot of pressure. Like even when you wake I hope up, they in get the help. Do they get help? Do they help them? Well, the, they do all their own makeup and hair. What? I would guess that they are dressed for the final rose ceremony, but I couldn't tell you exactly if that's true. They do true. all their own makeup and hair. Absolutely, they do. Wow. Then they'll get like if they win, right? Like if Peter and and Hannah Ann or Peter and Madison end up as a couple, then when they go on press tours, people will do their hair and makeup. What about their outfits? They they bring them. Okay. I got so to admit, I like, kind of liked a little bit of Hannah Ann's style. Like, it made sense to me with her coming from, where is she from? Somewhere in the South, right? Yeah. Like, it was, it was, a, little, it was a little cute. Yeah, although I think the outfit that she wore in the Outback was totally unrealistic. Remind me what that was. She wore, like, a, a jean skirt with these, like, black booties. Oh, yeah, when they saw the kangaroos? Yeah. Yeah. That was weird to me. That was, those, like, black booties were weird. But they don't always necessarily tell them where they're going. They're like, dress for the outdoors. Like... Well, you don't know what the outdoors and the outback are going to be like, so you just right. do your best. And I am worried that they get cold all the time, right? Because they don't wear a lot of layers. They don't wear many layers. You don't really see them wearing jackets very frequently. No. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but I do think, like, for uh, these end outfits, they have them, like, sent to them in Australia. Like, they can't – they're not bringing, like, all of their stuff with them. Like, they're giant right. bags. That would be a logistical hurdle. Yeah. A and lot to might, think about if you're also on The Bachelor, you that's know, to right. coordinate all your clothing, too. And they might, at the end, for those final dresses, be getting them from the stylist. I don't know. The lead is for sure styled. Although, I think Peter's picking his own outfits because they're not good. Right. He's like, he looks super California to me in, like, a very annoying way. He's, like, got this button-down that's, like, wrinkly and then board shorts and, like, topsiders or toms or something. He looks so too casual. Like, I just, he's such a dude. He's such an average dude. Right. Like, if I, if I walked by him on the street, he wouldn't catch my eye for even a second. It, what if he was in his pilot's uniform? Then I'd be looking. What? 
What's that pilot doing? Should have just left him the in the uniform the whole the whole, the whole entire, entire show. <laughs> like Seriously. at this at the pool party, he's in uniform. And instead of a story. rose, it should have been giving wings. Give, yeah, that would have been a cute like way to change it up. Right. That's never gonna happen. They they have like one recipe and it's worked so well. <laughs> it's baked the perfect cake every time. Uh, so okay, at the end of the conversation, they finally go in to see his family, and they they seem like they're kind of annoyed that they've been waiting for a long time. Right, bud, come on. Where have you been outside this entire time, buddy? Yeah, like we could see you right outside, bud. You're in the front, bud. What are you doing? So they go inside, and then immediately the very first thing that happens is they talk about this sexual roadblock, this like alleged ultimatum. I feel like I didn't use the term ultimatum, but they're using it so frequently. I'm just gonna like use it. But um, and she's she's talking directly to his parents, who she's met only once before, about the fact that she doesn't believe in having sex before marriage. Like what? That is just coming out with everything. That is too much information for the, your your future in-laws, maybe. Was she forward about that from the start of the show with him? No. No. Interesting. So she feels like she has to justify herself now. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty clear she was religious from the very beginning. Like, you could have guessed. So I was really conflicted about this. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't see the whole Ultimatum episode, but... Is it an ultimatum? You don't think it's an ultimatum? I don't find it to be an ultimatum. I think she said her piece, which is like, um, I'm not sure if I can continue with the process if you if you do sleep with other women. But like, you know, you should do what you want to do. I just like, I'm not sure that I can continue with that. And then he did. And she was like, I feel this feels horrible. I don't know why you did that. And then she decided to stay. So I feel like that's all on her. You do? Like, I mean, I, I, mean it's like, I, I, I feel like if she's going to make that statement yeah, and I don't, you know, I, I guess it's putting him, I think she's getting a lot of feedback, right, from his parents and from himself that it feels like she's putting him between a rock and hard place. Is that the correct phrase? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the real phrase. That's the real phrase. <laughs> she's putting him under a rug. <laughs> and then taking the rug away. Taking the rug away. Uh, but, you know, if that's the way that she feels, then... She's saying it. Is it manipulative? I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel manipulative to me. It felt like she was saying what she believes as somebody who has never had to ask somebody else to compromise for her. I don't think she's ever had to ask somebody to, to understand this before because I'm guessing the other people she's dated have been equally religious, right? And she's been like, "I'm saving myself for marriage," and they're like, "Understood. We're in this together." Yeah, or let's not get married then. <laughs> let's just be done. <laughs> there isn't an, uh, two other women out there, right? Yeah, but with Peter, it's hard because coming into the season, Peter's known for having sex. Oh, you know, he was a four times in the windmill on Hannah B's season. Like he was the dude who had sex with Hannah B a lot. So, and his family has always been really sex positive. They were like, they were like cheering him on at the finale of Hannah B's season. They were like cheering him on when when he was talking about having sex with Hannah Ann in the in the windmill. Like they they like that about him. And uh, frankly, I do. It's like something you know where it's like let's just acknowledge what everybody's doing here. So it's weird that she came on knowing that. It's weird that she came on to The Bachelor knowing that at the end, he has sex with the final three. That's generally like the routine of The Bachelor. However, I don't think she expected to make it that long. I don't think she expected to make it to the final. I, don't, I doubt she expected to fall in love with the guy. So, Do you think she genuinely fell in love? I, I think she must have in order right. for her to stay on like this after, uh, after everything that she wants is being compromised. Like she must love him for real. Or at least be convinced that she loves him in this universe without any of her family or friends around. 
And she, she told him in, in like, I thought pretty clear, in pretty clear terms, like what she wanted. I think there's some debate about whether or not it was clear enough. But afterwards, he was, seemed like really shocked that she was upset by it. And I don't know. Like, I just think it's not a good fit. In the end, they're not, neither of them are wrong about this. She can, she can wait until marriage to have sex and he can have sex before marriage. Like it's both something that can exist. I just don't think it can exist together. And so maybe his parents were right. Yeah. Although like it was funny cause um, Peter's brother kept being like, dude, like are you gonna be able to wait now once you're with her? Cause obviously once you commit to being with Madison, now you have to wait again to have sex. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. That's what relationships are. Relationships are compromise. Like I can make it work. So I like that he stood up for himself. I there. did too, because like that, I feel like that's an insulting question. It's like the, the indication is, well, you haven't thought about it yet. Well, obviously he's thought about that pretty extensively. He has no phone or no TV and like no books. It's all he's thinking about is, is this going to work? And also like, I mean, obviously he, the, the, his brother was sort of suggesting he's driven by sex, but like, he's like, I have some self-control dude. Like I can wait if that's what she wants to do. And if maybe I that's more her. about the brother than it is about Peter. It could be. Or it could be about Peter's history. Like, we don't know, because obviously he likes to party. I liked, the, I liked though, how mad he got at his brother and how mad he got at his family during this. Um, everyone seems to, like, his family, Peter's brother, his mom, they all love that, that Hannah Ann is, like, so, so easy. And they keep saying that while Madison is there. Like, his brother said, well, you know, Hannah Ann has no problems whatsoever. So, like, why are you going for Madison? And then his mom's like, well, Hannah Ann is just like an angel sent from earth. So like, why bother with Madison when she's not the perfect one? You have the perfect one given from God, placed in your path. I prayed upon this and Hannah Ann is here and now you're choosing Madison. Like, why? That's really intense. So intense. She also, I felt like they, at multiple turns, the family threw Peter under the bus. And like when, when um, I, I feel like that had to contribute to what, 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 what Madison did later when she left Peter because Hannah, or sorry, because Peter's mom, right away when she's talking to Maddie, the first thing she says is like, just so you know, Peter's not religious. Like he's spiritual, but he's not religious. He's not what you think he is. And if he told you otherwise, he's lying. I was like, I can't believe she just threw him under the bus like that. Because he said, like when they initially talked about it and Madison was saying uh, how important faith is to her, he said, like, I want to work on that. I want to be that faith leader in, in the household. Like I want to get better at that. And here his mom is saying, like, there's no not way. A chance. No way. There's not a chance that's going to happen. That was messed up. That is. And you know what? Maybe mom doesn't know everything about him. Right. And also maybe, like, maybe this is a new feeling he's trying to grow. And people all the time when they get into relationships adjust or grow in their faith or, you know, like, that's, that's part of it, right? Also, like, she's, like, people... she's 24 years old and she's lived with her family for her entire life. Like, how do we know... How does she know, like, truly what her, like, expression of faith is going to be as she ages? Right. They're probably going to find something together. Uh, the point is that, like, they might not be that compatible, let, but let them figure that out. Like, you can't dictate that for them by trying to, like, subvert their relationship the whole time. You know, Barb, at the end, though, she says, didn't she say something a mother always knows? Or Yes, a mother's, mother's intuition is always right. It's always right. It's, that's just not true. That's just what moms think. <laughs> like, my mom thinks she knows. A lot. A lot. Well, that's the thing is like, I do feel like having a 10 month old, my intuition about stuff right now is right because my intuition is basically based on the fact that he can't talk. Right. And doesn't like have a lot of thoughts on his own. 
Like he, we are like one person at this point. So when or I'm like, like, what type of cry is this? Yeah. It's like, or when I'm like, oh, I think he might be getting sick and there's no obvious signs that he's sick, but I just know. And then he's the next day he's sick. You know, I, I just know him really well, but that's like how his body's reacting to the world and the, you know, environmental stimulus. So you're Once saying that like, you're not actually expecting that kind of connection with your child when, when he's, he's like 28? 28. No, I think you're going to call and say, different. I thought you might be getting sick. I was worried you were getting sick. I felt something. Yes. And that's fine even if I can predict he's getting sick at 28, but I don't think I can predict like which, which person he's going to be better off with. I feel like that I can, you can contribute your thoughts, but you can't determine. Especially after them. meeting them for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say like the one thing that kept driving me crazy about how Peter talked about Madison is he kept calling her completely selfless, which is like, why does it? Why does Peter think that that's a positive quality? First of all, it's not true about Madison. I think she's been like, I don't think like selfish is necessarily a bad term. I think she's been pretty good about saying who she is and what she wants. And she's not, she's compromising to a degree, but she's not just giving up what she, who she is for somebody else. Like being completely selfless is not actually a good thing. Right. And I, I agree with you that I don't think she is. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. Been really clear about X, Y, and Z are my expectations. Yeah. And if, that happens, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. And yeah, she's, here been, are, she's established pretty good boundaries, exactly. right? So what the heck does he mean by selfless? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what he thinks that means. But he says about Hannah Ann, too. And I'm like, in Hannah Ann's case, it actually does apply because she's given up her entire self to be whatever he wants her to be. He also talks about her Hannah Ann as pure. Yes. Oh, my God. He says that she's pure innocence mixed with this is what the quote he said. Hannah Ann is the combination of pure, beautiful innocence and all of the confidence in the world. That, that to me, that I don't understand that. At, at what point does she display having all the confidence in the world? She will at any moment change who she is to fit what Peter, what she thinks Peter might want. She's constantly like, well, I love you and I want you to choose me. But also, but I do, I mean, I, I understand if you need more time, you know, I get it. It, it can be hard, but please choose me. I'm a cool girl. Do you I'm think she's bad? What about that self confidence that she showed, or potential confidence that she showed, kind of during their last conversation when she was like, you know, it's not enough Finally. for me to hear that yes. you're torn. Yes, I like. That. I, that I was like, like that the she moment, said that. That was the first moment I liked Hannah Ann. Really. Oh, really? Like ever? Well, okay, I've liked her before a little bit, but like that was my favorite thing that she did. So, okay, let's finish up with um, Maddie's time with Sorry, her. I am derailing. No, us. it's okay. Because this is the, the, so all all season long, we've been teased, teased with this clip. So like a, after Madison leaves, we we see the family sit down and we've been teased with this clip of Barbara being like, bring her home for weeks we've been teased with this clip so who's barbara crying about is the big yeah, question is the big question and it's it shook me to my core that it was about hannah ann really i really thought it was going to be about madison when i saw it weeks and weeks ago i can't believe it's about hannah ann like i, I can't believe that his family is so invested in hannah ann i keep thinking about hannah ann like you know she, when they're talking about how their relationship is so easy and he talks about how she's so easy but is it also that she I, I don't want to be mean, but is it just that she's also a little boring? She's boring, and their relationship is boring. Their relationship is boring and doesn't offer either of them a challenge. Like I didn't really see anything there that was like, wow, this is there's a spark, and they challenge each other, yeah. and this is I exciting. I think Hannah Ann probably needs someone who's like really spontaneous and super fun and likes to right. like an extreme extrovert. She, she'll probably fit in really well with somebody else who can lead and guide a little bit more. 
She's clearly sweet, but like what else is there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's not enough. And um, so she goes through the whole thing. And as she's like doing that, Peter's just like shaking his head. And he's like, you got to stop, mom. You <laughs> got to stop, stop that. You're, you have to you think, stop. He also seemed a little bit embarrassed. He was I like. I think he was embarrassed. But you're also, crying. He was and like, this is not that serious. Not appropriate. The way you're acting like, it, like this isn't your thing. It's mine. She's like sobbing. And she's like, I'm crying. She kept on saying she's crying. I feel like if my mom told me I prayed I said a prayer last night. Please, God, guide Peter and Madison to see where they are in this relationship. You have a gem that is head over heels for you, and God put her there. Like, Mom, stop. You're acting insane. That's so loaded. Yes. I mean, it's not even just like I met both of them, and I think, you know, just based on your interactions and what I'm seeing here, it seems like Hannah Ann might be the one for you. That's just a whole other layer of yeah. and it felt like mom some, pressure. Some guilt, too, of like if you're going to choose – Madison, you're directly defying God's orders that he put into my head. Like, you're directly defying your mother. This was set up so perfectly, too, right? Because at the beginning, Peter was talking about so much how he wanted to take his family's advice, and he listens to them, and then it's like, wow, what a bummer. Yeah, and then he was super mad at them. Like, they're getting this, like, big argument on the couch, and he's like, guys, stop. Everybody, stop. You're being jerks to me right now. You don't know Madison like I know Madison. Even in this one episode, I could tell that he's just been really wishy-washy. And I was proud of him for just being like standing up for himself there and just kind of saying like, hey, family, like this is crazy. Yeah, I think all three of them, like Peter, Hannah, and Madison, they all had really good moments this episode where they were like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And that's what Peter did with his family. He's like, I might choose Madison. You're going to have to accept that. Like you're going to have to be nice to her when she comes back. And when she sees this clip... After we've started dating and she watches back and sees how much you despised her, that's going to be a conversation you're going to have to have. Can you imagine? No, my God. If I saw, if I ever had to look back and see my in-laws like actually didn't like me in the beginning, I think that would crush me. I don't know how I could come back from that. It'd be really hard. It'd be really hard, especially if they were saying it behind your back. After all that happens, we see then he goes on his final two dates. So there's always the final two dates with the last two. And it's the final Maddie date is the first one. It starts with a helicopter ride. That's like the fourth helicopter ride this season. They didn't know Kobe Bryant was going to die like a month later. That's really, yeah. But it's like really anxiety-inducing to watch them get up in these helicopters all the time. She was wearing, Maddie was wearing the weirdest shirt. It was like a curtain on one arm, like an old-timey oh, right. curtain. Yeah. And then like fully exposed on the other. And then a cutout at her belly. And then like a peplum. I, I couldn't, it was too many thoughts. Too many things in one shirt. Put together. <laughs> Too many things in one shirt. Um, and then when they're going over the, uh, when they're like flying around or wherever they are, Peter says, and I quote, you can see how the water falls, like when it rains, how it falls down. And Madison goes, wait, really? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shut up, you guys. Some keen observations of nature over here. I mean, maybe that's why they are meant to be together. Right. You see down there how the earth is? There's like dirt all over. That's the earth. Wait, what? Oh my God, crazy. This helicopter is in the air. Uh Uh-uh. Yes. Like you do? (laughs) He He did pull out some quick facts. He's like, this all used to be under a glacier. And then it was the ocean. And now it's millions of years later. 
I was like, are you reading off a cue card or is a producer like actively saying things in your ear and you're repeating them? It also really just kind of rubs me the wrong way how he's like, I have a really great date planned. I've planned such a yeah, great date. Yeah, you didn't is, plan the date. Well, that's how they always frame it. Is I know, but like, date? come on. I know. And honestly, like when they go to their hometown, you're sort of like, okay, you could have planned this date a little bit. You had to say, but like they're in Australia. He doesn't know what to do. He's just being taken. He showed up at a certain time. Yep. Um, then they they just go and sit in the middle of nowhere. Right. They like throw a blanket down on some dirt. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. Are you about to say what I'm the about flies? to say? The, the huge fly problem. Uh, yeah. So actually, <laughs> pr- producer Beth and I and our friend went to Australia in 2016, and we faced a similar problem. And we were there at the same time of year. And there was insane. In the outback, we were not in the outback. We were in southern Australia, but there were so many flies. Like, it was, like, a major fly problem everywhere we went. Like, every time we went hiking, it was just, like, constant flies trying to eat us alive. Um, and that's exactly the time of year where they were constant flies eating them alive while she's trying to have this, like, serious conversation. They were just, just swatting flies away from her face. And, like, one kept getting in her eye and, like, sort of up her nose. Looked so such a struggle. At what point do you call it and just say, we're having an intense conversation here. Let's get in the car. Let's get in the car. Yeah. Someone just bring a camera in the Let's front get in this seat. car that's standing by and take <laughs> someone away. And have a serious conversation. Always, always. Without flies. And so she kind of got right into it. She was like, let's get to the heart of the matter. We're breaking up here. Because she says, um, as much as I want this, I don't know that we can give each other what we need. And she says, being a good warrior and being a good fighter means being willing to surrender and walk away. And he's like, but don't you think you're the one? Like, what? is this what you really want over and over again? Is this what you really want? Is this what you really want? And she's like kind of whispering, like, there's always going to be this level of misunderstanding between us. Like, we're never going to be together. I'm never going to love each other the way we need to love each other. I was watching with our friend, um, Susanna, and who was on the pod. And she said that she thinks Madison sounds like a preteen ghost <laughs> when she talks. I love that. She's like, oh, I don't know. Will we ever find love? <laughs> also, they talk so closely together. Yes. Their like, faces like were even, in each other's even, faces. Like they were basically touching forehead. Yes. And they were having a full-on conversation. Like, what if someone's breath wasn't particularly... Or, like, like then you're looking at their cyclops eye. Right. Because you're too close. So then you're sweating like and they're eye. flies. And you're, like, having this really intense conversation, literally, like, an inch from each and other. And your foundation is, like, dripping all over his face. Yeah. Like, Man, mm. I don't know. That's that. It was uncomfortable to me, mm-hmm. just because of those hurdles alone. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this, this felt like it came directly from the family because she said, like, well, I have to think about what's practical outside of this, uh, outside of the show, and I have to consider compatibility. And I just don't think we're the best for each other. Because like she heard from mom, he's not as religious as you think he is. He's not going to be the one for you. Like he likes to party. He likes the party. He likes to go out. You don't like to do that. And I don't know. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. He's like crushed and does not know what to say, but she's not wrong. I mean, honestly, I think it's a mark of her maturity, right? Yeah. Like she knows who she is and she's wanted to be, and she she knows who she aspires to be, and that's where they're at. That's Even if you don't goes. agree with her or you think she's a little bit manipulative, at least she's like sticking true to herself in yeah. terms of what, you know, she wants in a relationship in the future and... Yeah. And so then she just like leaves. She just leaves. And the last thing he says is just like, bye, Maddie. 
And then mm. she goes off into the Australian outback. Yeah. <laughs> they just like throw her into the desert. <laughs> Keep walking until you find something else. Then the next day he goes on Hannah Ann's date. And I have never seen someone who's less excited for a date. There was that moment right at the beginning of the date where she's literally running towards him. And he's like, and he's oh. just like slowly sauntering yes. like towards her. He looks so miserable. And doesn't it look like they were in the same location? Very similar. I mean, it's like if if you can't get excited for baby, baby kangaroos, kangaroos, you're heartbroken. You must you have to be absolutely devastated to to look to be swaddling a baby kangaroo and barely muster a smile. They try to paint their nice family portrait where they both have these little yeah, baby like can and little kangaroos and blankets them with bottles. Potential future children right there. Yep. And he's like trying to spend the whole day trying to convince himself that he loves Hannah Ann. It's not, it's not going to happen. No. And I, okay, all right. So at this point, I, it was like pretty obvious that this date happened after Madison's date. But you could say, oh, well, they happened in a different order or something to justify why he didn't doesn't immediately tell her you're the only one left. Right. Is it deceitful of him not to say anything to it's her? It's inexcusable. Like, it's inexcusable. And maybe he thought, okay, well, she's like, maybe Madison will come back. But what, then when we see her later in the hotel and he doesn't tell her, that to me was like inexcusable. I'm like, you're really going to string this girl along and she's confessing her love for you and like how brokenhearted she's going to be if you leave. And you're not going to tell her right now you're the only one left. Like, right. what the heck is wrong with you? And for purposes of let's play it out, right? You can still have a lot of suspense saying you're the only one left, but I need to think about whether or not uh, we can get engaged. This is right for us. Exactly. There's still suspense there. There's still a feeling of like, well, we don't know what's going to happen next. But here she is. Or he can say, uh, you're the only one left, and I'm absolutely heartbroken that Madison left. Right. And I, I need to figure out what that means for me. And then she needs to figure out, Hannah Ann needs to figure out what that means for her, Yeah, if right? she wants to stick around. Like, the fact that he left her in limbo, like, what does he think is going to happen? They're going to get engaged, and then she's going to watch that back? Okay, it reminds me of, um, I, I know you haven't watched many seasons passed, but there was a season, Desiree was the bachelorette and she was dating two people in the end. And one of them was named Brooks and she was head over heels for Brooks and he left her. Oh wow. Yep. And the finale, he like left, took off before the final moment. Yes. And she was like sobbing, like she was losing her mind. It was clear that she was going to pick him. And then he, she ended up getting engaged to the other guy. They're married with children now. Wait, what? They're like happily married with children now. Yes. So I don't know. Like if I would looked back and I was the guy and I saw the way that she reacted over dumping, over getting dumped by Brooks, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. See, this is so interesting because it's, it kind of challenges something that was really, that is a holdup for me about the show in general, right? Like, I guess I've never been in a situation like this where you're just flat on multiple dating and like you loving yeah. multiple people, right? Yeah. Like, is that possible? Is that truly a thing? Isn't there someone in your heart that you love more? I don't know. I mean, like, people are like polyamorous people think right. that it's multiple. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I've never personally experienced it, but I think it would be really hard to be in a relationship and have to watch on TV and on social media and everywhere else, watch your person go through this like experience in front of your very eyes people and watch him like, yeah. have sex with people that you knew. People don't even want their significant others to talk about their exes. Yes, I Much know. less like seeing it play out in front of them and like watching, watching observing them observing their heartbreak. And straddle each other and like, right. oh, especially because you're guaranteed to not like some of the people in the house that you're with. So then you see your ex like hooking up with those people and that's very confusing. 
Right. Ugh, anyway, that's for another time. Um, so, okay, did you notice, like, Hannah Ann was wearing her, her like, last chance sex dress. Mm-hmm. And her face was so dewy. She was like, I am welcoming you into my den of love. I will do whatever you want with you, whenever you want, however you want it, Peter, just marry me. <laughs> I did notice that her makeup seemed a little, it was different. It was wet. It was, it was wet. It was very wet. And her body was, like, fully on display. Which, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a great body, so go for it. But that was when they sat down and she was like, you know, I, she says, tomorrow's a big unknown for both of us, but I hope you know that I love you and I will always love you. And then he like goes, well, this has been the hardest week of my life. And I feel like I'm really pulled in two directions. I mean, I've never doubted anything with you but I'm so confused and my my heart is being pulled two different ways and then she's like well I don't really want to hear that anymore I've given and given and given and given and you've given nothing back to me so uh I'm feeling a little crappy that you just said that in response to me saying I love you round of applause for Hannah Ann here I think yes I well I think what's so frustrating for her is she's done everything she could to be the person that Peter wants and in the end, she can tell it's Maddie, right? Or that at least at least that Maddie has a big pull on him. And that's really frustrating for her because she's like, I'm the person that has created myself into being what you want and you still want the chase. What if she walks away? Has there ever been a scenario where they both walk away? I would love if she did that. I would love if she did that. There's been scenarios where the, the lead has said neither relationship feels like it's going to work. But... Has there been a time when the final person has walked away? I don't remember one. I don't remember that ever happening. But I do, you know, I feel like it would be super interesting if she did. I do think she is going to walk away at some point. Um, but let's save our predictions for just a second here. Oh, so we're almost there. So then uh, they, they have this, like, you know, kind of heartbreaking conversation. And then he, he leaves the hotel. Right before he leaves, Hannah Ann uncrosses her legs and reveals her, her teal underwear. I didn't see that. I thought that was interesting. They usually edit that out so we don't see straight up someone's skirt. But right there, boom, we saw her teal underwear. I feel like I was not as observant as I should have been as I watched. You know, I really drill into those details. (laughs) Um, He leaves her under the in the hotel without telling her that Maddie's gone, and then and then we're we're left with that. That's really the end. We get the teaser, but that's it. We don't know anything else about what's going to happen tonight on the final on the finale part two. They tease us that Madison's coming back. Right. And then we see that Maddie comes back and we don't know really what that means, like when she's coming back or how it looks, because it might be, that might be weeks later. We don't know. It could, that, I, I don't know that, that that's in Australia or not. I feel like it's not. Um, but then Chris keeps saying that even Peter doesn't know how this is going to end. Like, how is that possible? How is that possible? What do you think he means? Like, what do you think is going to happen tonight? We're going to see the finale followed by the um, the after the, the live after the final row. So what do you predict is going to be the order of events? So if Peter doesn't even know how it's going to happen, then I think Hannah Ann walks away. I think Hannah Ann takes a stand and says, you know, I've gave and gave and gave to you. And I wasn't enough. So And, and so goodbye. Boom. And then what about what happens with Madison? And then they just like show, I don't know, Madison gets in touch with him and it's just like, I made the right decision. I don't know. She, so you think she says, no, I'm staying away? Yeah, I think she does. And then what happens on the after the final rose? 
I don't know. I mean, what is that? That just people get into it? We should. We should talk. I'm sure people want to see more of the family. We oh gotta, yeah, we got to get Barb back. Yeah, we do have to get Barb back. And does Barb stand by her her statements? Yeah, I feel like I'm so so. I'm super. I'm spoiler free. There have been also. I think most people are spoiler free because there have been lots of predictions thrown out there, and even um, Reality Steve like tweeted something last night saying. I like what I posted yesterday might not even be true. And I didn't see what he posted for the spoiler because I avoid his spoilers. But he like even his predictions are Nobody not, knows. Yeah, no one knows. So I, I have two options for how I think this might play out. Okay. Number one, he asks Hannah Ann to marry him. She says yes. They date and then she sees the show and breaks up with him. Cause she just knows that she sees how he's it plays so out. in love with Maddie. She doesn't like how it plays out and she breaks it off. And then at some point during that time, after they broke it off, he and Madison started talking. That, I feel like that conversation with Chris between Chris and Madison was after the fact, like, you know, after the whole season was done. And they bring them together and we see that they're talking. And then on the after the final rose, I don't know how he could not know what's going on. Maybe Maddie proposes to him. I have no idea. That's one what well, that's one thing. The second option could be that he Hannah Ann says no. She walks away. He's left with absolutely nobody. And then he like gets together with Madison afterwards and tries to pursue her and she still says it's not going to work out. And then on after the final rose there's like some surprise where Madison says I actually do want to give it a try. Either way, I don't think he's ending up with Hannah Ann in the long run. I just think it's like not going to work based on the fact that we see Madison come back and all he wants is for Madison to come back. Right. It would be unfair. I mean, why would, I guess, why would they pursue it? Yeah, I don't know. Hannah Ann and Peter, I mean. Yeah, why would they go for it? I mean, look at this whole situation. You can't look back at this and think this is going to be a healthy relationship for them. Right. If someone only talked about me in terms of me being easy, I would be pretty pissed. <laughs> like I have a lot more qualities than just being easy. I mean, he basically said to her, you've been here. You're my rock. You've been here. Like, he's kind of friend-zoning her in a way. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll call you at the end of the day, but that's it. Yeah. So are you excited to watch the finale part two today? You know, I am going to watch it. I feel even just after watching one episode, I'm invested. And Absolutely. I want to know, know how it plays out. And now you're going to have to watch the entire next season. I guess so. Who's Claire be Crawley. A bachelorette now? Claire Crawley is the bachelorette. She's from an old season. How do you feel about her? I love her. Great. I love her. I can't wait to do a preview episode of that of that season because we can go back and dig into the Claire Crawley archives because she's been on the show multiple times. What? Yeah. It's great. It's great. We'll save that for a future app. Um, and you know what, listeners? We have more drama coming to you because tomorrow's the second part of the, or tonight is the second part of the finale. And so tomorrow we're going to be doing that episode. And I'm actually going to be with my husband, Josh, because we're going to be in California. So we'll be recording uh, from uh, across the across the way <laughs> in Cali out West, sending it back to our producer. She'll give it a quick hot edit, put it up for you. I know you're so excited. Like I am to see what happens tonight. I would love to hear your predictions and I, you know, I'll be on the road. So if you tweet me, that would be a great way to get the, get those predictions out to me. Um, at you get a rose on Twitter, or you could DM me on Instagram at you get a rose, or you can send us an email at hello at you get a rose.com. Please, I have to know what your predictions are. If yours are different than mine or if they're the same, please validate me. I want to know what you think. Um, thank you for listening today, and we're excited to talk to you again tomorrow. 
Thanks to my guest co-host for the day, Anna Tobin. It's been a pleasure to dip my foot in this in this bachelor yeah, nation. Soon you're going to be fully absorbed in it. You're going to be over Swimming. your head with it. Yep. Uh, thank you to our producer, Beth Gibbs, for coming over to my house and watching the episode with me last night. <laughs> and for always editing out all the stupid things we say. Uh, thank you to MyTalk1071 and to PodMN. And we'll talk to you tomorrow for the finale, part two, the most dramatic season ever. See you then. For more on the show, visit yougetarose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yougetarose. You Get a Rose is a podcast from MyTalk1071. Hear more great podcasts on mytalk1071.com.